If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, This would be the Jeff Cameron Show on a Libations Friday live from Charlotte, North Carolina. That'll be about as animated as I get because we are in a house and other people are doing work as well as we get started. Oh, live from Charlotte. The trip here, always lengthy, but fun nonetheless. I'm Jeff. Tom is here. Director Matthew back in the studio. Yay, technology as we get things started. Uh, amazing to have three different people in three different places, but away we go live from Charlotte, North Carolina, where it's a little gloomy, a little overcast for those of you not making the trip. It's been raining off and on. It's kind of supposed to do that again, I do believe, tomorrow, but uh, we shall see. Now, I will tell you this, um, for those of you who are, and Tom, I'm going to nip it in the butt, uh, for those of you that are wondering about Tate, what you need to do is wait till about 3.15 when the head coach, Mike Norvell, addresses the media, because I promise you it's going to be the first question he's asked. It's probably uh, right out the gates, the first question that he'll be asked. And it makes uh, a lot of sense. Um, and we'll see what kind of answer he, he gives. Um, obviously, that line of questioning, that conversation centered around the quarterback has been really kind of the talk that's built over the last 48 to 72 hours. Uh, there has been... No definitive answer on that. 
you know, you guys, I'm not giving anything away. You saw the war chant footage of Tate out there at practice. So, um, you know, uh, we, we don't know. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes as to whether or not uh, he's going to be good to go or not. And um, we shall see. It's it's always iffy if it's what uh, everybody is, uh, you know, speculating it to be. But you, but you don't know. What we do know is uh, the last time that uh, I, did you go up in 13? I don't think you did. We were at a watch party together in 13 for Duke, right? I think that's correct. And we definitely were together watching at the corner pocket in 2014 for the Georgia Tech game, which was mm-hmm. whoever has the ball last. So the last time you were up there for the ACC championship game, we had a similar scenario. Because I, I don't think you went up for 12 in Georgia Tech either. And that was, um, you know, the the morning of uh, somebody broke it at some point. Was that? Is that Jim Lamar, maybe? I forget. Um, but uh, that E.J. Manuel would be starting for Florida State in the 2010 championship game. Yeah. And, I mean, um, yeah. That was uh, that was an interesting week. This isn't like that, though, because as you can read from the practice observations, Tate's getting work. Uh, I believe that as the story goes, 13 years ago, Ponder didn't take a single rep, you know, outside of the walkthrough when the media was available. I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's right. I don't think this is that per se, but Mike is going to be asked. I mean, you're you're not kidding. It's 3:15 p.m. We'll have the uh, the press conferences available on the channel here on Warchant TV. Coach Brom for Louisville speaks at 2:45 p.m. So when the show's wrapped, the Brom video should be posting, and Mike should be speaking before the media. Will be interesting. Will be interesting to hear just how he talks about these things, or if he just shuts it down the way he always has, whether it's uh, with the local media or when Jacksonville likes to nudge him every time they go over there in fall camp. Oh, yeah, they push the envelope over there each time. Uh, You know, listen, he's going to have to answer because it's been speculated about in a million different places on the World Wide Web, Tom. And the number uh, of points that Florida State's favored by has decreased almost every day this week. And, you know, in some spots you can find it as a pick now. You can find it down to a minus one, one and a half. Uh, We'll see. Uh, Again, a lot of speculation. That's all it is right now. We don't know. I'll just tell you this. It, let's just say, I mean, we, we all have eyes. We watched the game against Florida last week when he got his head taken off and he looked a little saucer-eyed as he came to the sidelines. He went into the tent and obviously came out and had passed the on-the-field tests um, and, and went in very briefly. Uh, but, you know, the thing with, with, with concussions, if that's what it is, is that uh, sometimes those symptoms present a little bit later on. Uh, they're always going to be very careful. This is an area of the game that I think has improved greatly in college football and in pro football for years. You know, we talk about, we joke about it even. Um, you know, if you got your bell rung back in the day, that's what they called it, slapped you on the ass, gave you some smelling salts and said, get back in there. And most guys did, and that led to real problems. Anymore now, they're going to be overly cautious. So I always keep that in mind when the speculation starts that you know, maybe a guy is okay, uh, maybe presented very mildly. They're going to take it easy as they build up to the game and then make sure that he passes and clears all the tests necessary uh, to get clearance for the game. Um, so we'll see. It, it, it's In the world of sports talk radio, I will tell you, it is an interesting question. I was on the Chuck Oliver show today, and he said, well, you know, what? those of us that don't cover Florida State don't know anything about uh, the quarterbacks beyond Tate Rodemaker, Jeff. And uh, how would you describe what that's going to look like? And he basically was asking me if he thought that would be A.J. Duffy or Brock Glenn. And, you know, Tom, I think you and I agree on this. We feel like it would probably be Brock Glenn. And, and the thing is, 
How do you? How can you possibly know what you would get from Brock? It doesn't really matter that we feel very uh, strongly that he's going to be a good quarterback. I mean, he's never started a college football game before. You you don't know what you're going to get, no matter how much talent he has. So we'll just see. Um, you know, I I understand why people ask the question. It's pertinent. Florida State is in a position to make the college football playoff. Period. Uh, three quarters of the country is hoping and praying that they don't win this game. And so people uh, kind of, I think, kind of bucked up and, and and got happy when they heard news that perhaps Florida State would be down to their third-string quarterback. You know, that sparked a lot of this speculation around the country was that people were enthused. They don't they don't want to see Florida State win because they don't think they're one of the four best teams. Of course, I've already had this discussion with everybody. It doesn't matter if Florida State, if you think they are or are not, it's about whether or not Florida State earns their way into the playoff, which with a win, they would. Florida State is going to go to the college football playoff if they beat Louisville in tomorrow's ACC championship game. Yeah, no doubt. And look, all of these talking points about who it could be, we know the primary backup is Brock. You know it. They've had plenty of opportunities to put A.J. Duffy in a situation where he would be clearly signaled to the masses as the number three. When Brock goes down for a large chunk of the season in terms of being able to practice, comes back and he's basically just on the mend and North Alabama, it's Brock that comes in and not AJ boy. That's a clear signal. And if you need a clear signal, when Tate goes down and the game is not out of touch yet, not out of reach. And you need to finish off the Florida Gators with a first down late in the game, final four minutes or under four minutes, really at that point, who comes in Brock Glenn. Yeah. So Brock is most definitely the backup, but as it pertains to whatever storyline there is leading up to kickoff, 3.15 p.m., you said it best. You know, if you're, oh, that, that if you're sweating it, you know, and, and maybe it doesn't, but Mike has a choice, you know, in, in that moment to either end it or continue the discussion. But you're going to hear from Mike Norvell at 3.15, and we're going to get an answer as to what Florida State believes. And you can do the thing that we often do with press conferences, and actually you've made a niche industry out of it with Coach Speak, which was released on the channel this morning at 11 a.m. But you can play you know, the poker game with the head coach at that point and, and see if you like his answer or you don't, or you want to take nuance out of his answer or you don't. But at 3.15 today, you're going to get that part of the equation. My hope is tomorrow, sorry for you, you're at least in the, in the cover of a press box or, you know, who knows, maybe they'll put you up in the presidential suite at the stadium. But if it's going to be messy out there, I think that does benefit Florida State because I think Louisville's offense has more fresh home run hitting playmakers than Florida State does. So the sloppier the track, the uglier the game, I think the better it bodes for Florida State and that front four, which was dominant last week against Florida. I will tell you this. I feel like um, it wouldn't, to me, in terms of having to answer the question, there's no strategic advantage one way or the other. I mean, if he can play, you're just going to tell people he's starting the game. If, if you know for sure that he's available to play. And if you don't, then you might say, um, you know, we're, we're still making sure we're precautionary, but uh, things look good right now. And I don't talk about player injuries. So yeah. you can, you know, you can be very direct about it if you want, but you know, I, I will tell you worst case scenario. And I don't know if he's going to play or not. I, I lean towards the fact that I think he will play. Um, I, I, you know, in my estimation, if if it was something that you would really be concerned about, he wouldn't have been out there at all this week in practice, and we know that he was. So I'll leave it at that. He was out at practice this week. So uh, well, and and the thing is, you know, there's 
there's Reddit which and Twitter, which has started some of this discussion. And then there's the Vegas betting line that in some well, that's the only reason to take it serious. It's not anybody on a message board or on Twitter. When the when the when the number goes from five and a half or six originally to five and a half to five to four to three and a half to two to one and a half to one, obviously then you begin to investigate a little bit more. Yeah, agreed. That's what brings it legitimacy to me because the people in the desert aren't looking at Twitter to set lines. No. You know, that's just that's not how that works. It never will be unless they want to start losing money hand over fist. Um, and unconfirmed, but in one outlet, uh, a buddy texted me earlier today that it was turned off. So again, you know that the the open speculation part about it, Vegas is not in the business of letting somebody scoop them based upon an edge. And so if the line is turned off, then yeah, uh, you know I'm interested to see. Uh, if it is something like a protocol, rampant speculation, but this is sports talk radio. That's the uh, the lane we're in right now is rampant speculation. Those things are fickle. Could be fine. You know, could from 12 hours apart, something could change for the good or for the bad. Uh, but we'll see where Mike Norvell is in a couple of hours. At any rate, I really think it's the defense that has to get off the bus and dominate tomorrow to set the tone for Florida State. It's been that way for more of the season than we thought we were going to need them. But this is a game where if you're going to finish this job, go 13-0 and and make the college football playoff, that front four that was whoop-ass uh, with Braden Fisk in the middle in the first quarter and then the defensive ends who ate in the fourth quarter, they've got to be the storyline when the game is over tomorrow night. Yeah, I agree with that. And while we're talking about uh, narrative, what, what what I don't like, I don't care that people – I mean, listen, anytime there are people passionate about a subject or a team or a game or a matchup – Everybody's going to have an opinion on it, and uh, they're going to voice their opinion, whether that be uh, on on Twitter or, or wherever that is, uh, or on a message board. What I don't like, and, and it's trend this way, it's been trending this way for a little while, is Florida State's accomplishment this season is kind of getting lost in all of this, in, in the national narrative, um, whether it be people – asserting that they don't think they're one of the four most uh, best teams or whether or not they're deserving or the fact that unfortunately, obviously Jordan, you know, Jordan Travis got uh, injured. Um, the storylines have shifted away. All of them have shifted away from the fact that Florida state just had an undefeated season and nothing's changing, not the game tomorrow. I understand what you're saying. You could argue, well, wait a minute. No, a loss would change things. Yeah. Yeah. A postseason loss in the conference championship would be a sour way to end a magical season. That said, this isn't an excuse, but it would be a reason you lost an all-world quarterback. I mean, you know, you're not exactly, you know, fumbling around for excuses when you lose uh, an elite player uh, at the most important position. I just don't like that during the debate, people seem to ignore and cherry-pick arguments and ignore the fact that you have a Power 5 team in the conference championship that went undefeated and beat two SEC schools along the way, both on the, you know, one, at, one on a neutral site, one on the road, uh, was the only team in the country to beat Clemson at Clemson, uh, who, by the way, after we beat them, didn't lose another game. Um, you know, you can, you can go on this list, and you know, because for a while there, they were prop, you know, propping up Ohio State's win over Notre Dame. Well, you know what? Clemson housed Notre Dame, and so did Louisville. We already beat Clemson. If you beat Louisville, um, you know, how, how big a win is that? What, what did Ohio State accomplish at that point? Um, it's just the cherry-picking of these arguments that along the way kind of dismisses what Florida State just did. It is very hard to go undefeated in a regular season, to win all 12 of your games, for the very reason 
that you have to deal with all kinds of situations that change week to week, including that of a rash of injuries that Florida State has had on one side of the ball. Uh, so nothing changes. If they, if they lose tomorrow, uh, if they lose tomorrow, that's a big if. I'll be disappointed, but it's not going to take away the luster for the 12-0. and 0. It, it, it just doesn't. And, uh, and, and I don't care if you think, for example, if you're a talking head and you think Oregon's better than Florida State, I might agree with you, but it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, if Florida State's undefeated, and wins the power and, and, and wins the conference championship. They're going. They're going. Uh, Oregon was probably a bad example because I think they're going to house Washington and go as well. But you, you get my drift. That these are different discussions. But because we're having them, it gets lost that Florida State had an undefeated regular season. Yeah, it's an all-time season. I, I would just put it that way. Twelve and zero has to, by definition, be an all-time season. And this is a much more enjoyable twelve and zero to me than the 2014 twelve and zero because you knew there was so much more. They were just scratching the surface of what they were capable of being. Hell, you had Jameis Winston and Dalvin Cook passing each other like ships in the night in their two careers, and, you know, you got cheated, it feels like. When the season's over and you say, did you give it your all? No, no, didn't feel like that. It was great that we were pissing people off, giving them hope every week that we would be toppled, only to rob them of that hope. Like, in the moment, that brings you joy. And it did. It brought all of us a lot of joy. But when the season's over, you go, damn it, they finally got got. And it was for the same reason that they could have gotten got any number of times in the 12-game regular season, which was the details were not sound. This group, on the other hand, man, they maximize what they have. They do. Have they had lulls? Absolutely, they've had lulls. But if you reflect on the injury luck or the lack thereof this regular season, specifically for the offense, it's absurd. I'm glad we had eight dudes that we felt like we could win with. By definition, we did have eight dudes that we could win with. We went 12-0, and 0 and we needed all eight of them to play on the offensive line. But we didn't have one of our starting tackles basically the entirety of the year. The other one, in and out, mostly out of late. Jaheim Bell, for a month, maybe more, has not been himself. Jordan Travis was hurt before he got really, really hurt. Keon Coleman was unavailable for a stretch. Johnny Wilson. I mean, good Lord, sir. You know, it's a, it's a, a slog, man, that coming down the stretch, they're limping across the finish line. And by the way, for clar clarification, I just saw somebody in the chat. No, I know Clemson lost. I was I was saying that they didn't lose at home. I apologize. The only, the only game they lost at home was to Florida State. Yep. Uh, and they housed Notre Dame, who was everybody's, you know, reason for Ohio State being here because they beat him on the final play. Yeah, man, um, that was an impressive win, too, because – that's on the brink of getting out of hand, going the other way, and you go and you make a play in the moment. Kalen Deloach, if we're talking about the key to 12-0, and 0, it's, I think it's that sack, fumble, return for a touchdown that leads to the whole thing. You know, that you get to 12-0 and 0 because you make big plays in one phase of the game when the other phase is, is struggling. Kalen Deloach is one example. Deuce Spans kick return for a touchdown later in the yeah, season. You can, you can name every, every segment group, whether it be – the offense or the defense or special teams at various points has taken turns in helping this team put together a 12-0 season. Specifically Fitzy in one of those circumstances, too. Right. A couple of giant kicks when the game felt like it was in the balance, one of which was at Clemson. And you remember the Mastromano game, and he had he's had several this year, so much so that he's a Ray Guy finalist. So, I mean, you've, you you kind of watch. It's it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I just, against that backdrop, I don't want to forget that that happened. And I get it. You got a game to play tomorrow. 
and I'm not making any assumptions about a loss or anything of the of the kind, but Florida State certainly could, and I just want to point out it would not take away the joy that I think most Florida State fans feel after a 12-0 season. Yeah, you, you want it. You want to finish off the conference championship, obviously. It's good to be back here for the first time since 2014. You'd like to get it done, but you also understand um, that, that, that because they've been riddled with injury, uh, it's going to have to be the defense that carries the day. I agree with you. And more on that, we'll have to talk about that. Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports is going to join us here shortly. It's Jeff Cameron Show live from Charlotte. More in a moment. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello there, podcasters. Oh, don't worry. I won't prattle on for two minutes like I do with some of the other reads. Zaxby's doesn't demand it of me. (laughs) Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips? We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a beer giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Welcome back. Jeff Cameron Show live here in Charlotte. Libations Friday. Good one to you and yours, by the way. Tonight, a good one as well. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know if you're aware of this stat, Tom, but uh, I was looking at Washington trying to figure out if they can make this game competitive tonight against Oregon, which is weird to say since they've already beaten them once this year. But (laughs) most of us kind of felt like that was a bit fluky and silly. Uh, Washington has been uh, bad up front, to say the least. They're 123rd in rushing success rate allowed and 128th in stuff rate. Uh, They don't give up big plays. They just give up a bunch of plays of seven and eight and nine and 10 on the ground over and over and over again. If that's going to still be the case tonight at eight o'clock, that's going to be a rout. Yeah, well, and the and the books believe that as well. You know, it's uh, nine and a half is the number, and that tells you that they feel good about a two score. I think they're trying to keep it on the other side of that. That by that I mean, you know, nine points is a two score, but a ten point margin that's another key number. I think they're trying to keep it there if they can. I hope that we are talking in the third or fourth quarter about Dan Lanning and what is it with Washington? Why can't he put them away? 
<laughs> I just want this weekend to be full of entertaining results. Like I you got it last weekend. I, I did. I kind of want to put, you know, a little parlay down on the uh, hard rock app. Just take the points in all games, but the ACC, of course, you know, lay the one and a half. Cause that's what I saw it at about an hour ago. But you know, you've got Oklahoma state catching 14 plus a hook. It's an interesting number. Alabama is catching four and a half. They, you know, they were never going to get up to six or seven in that game, no matter how bad Alabama played against Auburn. I kept waiting. I kept waiting to get it because if I could have got something north of seven, I'd have done it. Yeah, four and a half is interesting. But I mean, you could see that being uh, 2020 in the third quarter. And from there, it's how the ball bounces. I just hope that it starts tonight and we do see something entertaining there. But I'm with you. My brain is telling me, man. I it, one team's trending squarely in one direction, and one has been trending in a very pissed off direction. This is the kind of closure that a lot of those Bobby Bowden '80s and '90s teams never got. You never got a second crack at yeah. a team that got the better of you in the in season. But we know, at least you, you do, because you were there, you saw them live. If Florida State played Miami any number of times, or Florida once or twice at a neutral site after losing to them in season, they would have beaten the snot out of them. In the we, did get the 90, we did get the, the, the fame tie, obviously, uh, the Chokotokan rematch there. We did get that rematch and, and won the game. But, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I know what your point, your overall point is. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like that's kind of where we're at uh, in this Washington-Oregon Oregon game. I, I, the trends have gone the opposite directions. Do you realize uh, that Oregon, and this is why everybody is excited to watch them play, um, but I've been blown away by this. So, Oregon, if you go back, you remember they lost – by three to, to Washington. And if you also remember a game that I somehow <laughs> covered in, beat Texas Tech 38 to 30 in Lubbock. And, and we look back at that and we're like, how is that even possible? Because the other 10 games, Tom, Oregon has won by an average score of 47 to seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that includes a road win in Utah in which they beat the brakes uh, off of Kyle Whittingham in Utah, which never happens. Yeah, it, it's different arguments. You you know, it would be a lot cleaner if Oregon just bothered to beat Washington here and you wouldn't okay. have a debate. But the resume for Oregon outside of that game that matters, outside of the game that matters, is Sterling. And yeah. Washington's is not. Washington's no. is not well, Sterling. The last six weeks, Washington has just kind of sputtered about. Correct. And so that means it's going to be 27-27 in the fourth quarter. I don't think so. I'll, give you, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll give you – what do you want? Uh, do you want the whole spread? Want tall boys on this? How much would I have to give you for you to take Washington? Uh, for tall boys, I, I'll take the nine and a half. Yeah. That's the number right now. That's what it's That's what it's betting at. All right. I'll, I'll give you nine and a half. I'll, I'll give you that. I don't. I, uh, I hope I lose it for entertainment purposes, but I, I, I don't see it, my friend. Um I would have a hard time. It would be, it would be something. And no, Oregon fans would be, you know, it's weird. It would have to be mental for yeah. Oregon. You know, the, 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 the monumental, the, uh, the weight of the moment, the weight of the moment rising to a place where perhaps you start to see them press. And that happens for teams a lot. That happens all the time where teams are so close to achieving their goals and you see them come up and, and the mo- they, there's either a moment where they push or they collapse. And I think that's what's coming tonight. We'll see if Oregon's to, strong enough mentally to do it. I was trying to grab Lee Sterling here and making sure we got the right email. You already sent it along to the same previous email that you've sent in the past, which is the Paramount Sports uh, I email. Did. Yes, I did. <laughs> well, we'll go to break and try to wrangle him here in just a second because uh, I don't think he's gotten it. But I want to I hear these picks because I've got a curious. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. 
Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com. We'll do our best. We shall do our best to wrangle Lee. We'll see that uh, that we kind of track him down at this point. I know uh, I got the games in front of me. He's looking at that Oregon-Washington game, the Texas-Oklahoma State game, obviously. Uh, also, Georgia-Alabama, FSU, Louisville, Jacksonville, and Cincinnati in the NFL. And then the free play is Tulane and SMU. So we can do that as well. Um just give me the thumbs up when we grab them, guys, from there. We'll move forward with this. I think the other part, we've been so caught up in talking about quarterback play and who's going to play a quarterback and how vital is it and so forth, what would it look like if he doesn't. Uh, you and I both think Florida State's got to run the ball to win this game and may have found something late against Florida. I think the question we have is, is it something that they found, obviously, uh, with the heavy personnel, three tight ends, running duo, doing those kinds of things, or is it something that Florida just gives up? That's, well, you know, Florida gave up, we don't know. Florida gave up the run to everybody, so there is that. Uh, but it was a, a bit of a different thing for Florida State in terms of of the physicality. I'll be interested to hear what Lee has to say on the subject. Oh, we got him. Let's do it. Paramount Sports. Lee Sterling joins us right now. All right, Lee. Through the magic of technology, you're in Miami. I'm in Charlotte. Tom's in Tallahassee. We're all together. Let's talk some football. What's up, baby? I'm good. Back from New York City. Had a great time. Uh, recharged the batteries. Uh, the highlight, though, not the games, believe it or not, and they were good. Went to the Jets-Dolphins game, went to a couple of Heat games, saw UConn in Texas, but seeing Billy Joel, bucket list, and then after the concert, we're a couple blocks away, getting an Uber. He pulls up right next to us with his windows down, and my wife had about a minute, minute and a half conversation with him. That's cool. I was going to say, did you get in the car and do a shot with Billy? <laughs> Put it, they were talking. They were getting so chummy. Uh, I almost got invited uh, to Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner. <laughs> did you say, hun, you have my permission. Throw yourself at him. Yeah. <laughs> Just for the invite. Whatever it takes, hon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this. Oregon is a big favorite over Washington, nine and a half. We all know they lost the first matchup, but basically the last six weeks has seen these two teams kind of go the other way. One has kind of found a way to win games and not look good doing it, and the other has dominated. Is this an easy cover, or are we watching another close contest? Here's what's crazy. I mean, Washington was a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Now the game's been played in neutral site. The Ducks are a 10-point favorite. Now, Washington did win the first game, 36-33, but Oregon was the better team. They had 541 total yards to 415. They missed a field goal, went for it two times on fourth down, and were unsuccessful. And since that time, Bo Nix has been on a roll, 37 touchdowns for the year, just two interceptions. I think he's the easy Heisman Trophy winner. They're 10-2 and against the spread, whereas Michael Penix has struggled. I mean, uh, the last game, if you watch it against Washington State, was typical of the last six games, which they did not win by more than 
any game by more than eight points. He was 18 for 33 for 204, whereas Oregon has won by at least nine points in every single game after that game. And they even held the Beavers to 53 yards rushing last week, and Oregon can run the ball. I know Oregon lost last year at home. I know they lost the first game. Double revenge here. Ducks big, 42-24. Texas looks like on the surface to be playing their best football as of late. And Oklahoma State is an enigma. They're a weird team. All they had to do was beat BYU to get into this game, and they found themselves down by more than two scores at home. They come back against that team. Is there any way they make this a game against Texas, giving up more than 14 and a half here? I, you know, I don't see it. I, I said from the beginning of the year I was grading their players. I didn't, their guys, their players have gotten a lot better. Coaching side's done a great job. But – Talent-wise, I think they're the eighth or ninth best team in the conference. I would rather play three other teams uh, as far as if you're trying to beat Texas, if you're putting in the best team. I think they're the fifth best team right now. in the big, big. They struggle against BYU in two overtimes to beat maybe the worst BYU team in the last 30, 40 years. So I think Texas is rolling right now. They have to make a statement. I think they win and cover big. 4113. So far, Lee, the uh, weekend that was last weekend is the uh, entertainment. You're saying now in these championship games, it's not going to be entertaining. Maybe that changes. Maybe that changes with our next game. Georgia minus five and a half, four and a half, depending on where you look, and against Alabama. We know Bama struggled against Auburn, had to win on a miracle, but we also know that's a weird game and rivalry games. I don't really necessarily think portend of a future game. Does Alabama have a way to keep this close and maybe upset Georgia? I think that they do. Now, everyone's talking about Alabama's miracle 4th and 31 shocking touchdown. Would you agree that that was probably the second biggest bonehead play behind Mario Cristobal, not taking the only rushing two players and having a spy? It turned out the result certainly leads one to think that. It is bizarre, by the way. I, I, how does anybody, when you're standing on the goal line, get behind you? Well, that's number one, but what, what do you need a spy for? Let him run. <laughs> yeah, let him run is right. Let him run. It doesn't make any sense. Everything about Here's it was hideous, and I can't think of a more devastating loss for a fan base. They've had kind of a, a weird year. They just got their – Clock cleaned by New Mexico State the week before, and now here they are on the cusp, certainly to beat their arch rival in Alabama, and then that happens. I don't get it at all. So that was strange, and just think that, wow, Alabama, I think that they're improved. I think that Jalen Milrow is that much better. He's he's able to buy time and allow his receivers to get open, and he can run, and I think he's a different kid than early in the season. And this Georgia defense, the last two games, allowed 4.9 yards per carry against Tennessee and Georgia Tech, while Bama's averaging almost six yards per carry running the football the last four games. I, I know Georgia has won 29 straight games, but they struggled against Georgia Tech, and Bama's won seven of the last eight. Motivation's big here. Georgia could still make it if they lose this game by seven or less. I think Bama... Upsets them, 27-23. Oh, wow. Well, that would set up the uh, ultimate apple card there. That would that would really mess everything up. FSU has had kind of limped their way across the finish line here, which I think is quite admirable given how hurt they've been. Now there's off, obviously speculation out there that uh, Tate Rodemaker may not play. 
we're going to get clarification on that lead before the end of the day, I do believe, because Mike Norvell here in Charlotte is set to address the media 15 minutes after my show ends. He's uh, he, He's got the press conference. You know it's going to be the first question he's asked. <laughs> Bottom line is this. Let's assume Tate's playing. Let's look at Florida State, Louisville as they are. Florida State's still banged up whether Tate plays or not. It's still a team that is struggling here down the stretch, but they keep winning games because they're tough and their defense has played well. How do you see this one playing out? Boy, they just keep throwing obstacles in their way. Now the weather on top of the quarterback situation, they need to throw the football, I think, more than Louisville, and the weather doesn't look good. It's going to be raining. I mean, their receivers are certainly their strength of this team. And I was shocked that Florida was able to run the ball so well on them, but you know, they came back and they found a way to win. That has to account for something. Here's what's crazy about Louisville. I don't think anyone brought this up. They've had three games where they've turned the ball over three times. First two games, the next game, they came back and dominated Notre Dame, 33-20, and then shut out Duke 23 to nothing. I think they rebound. I think Louisville's the right side, 30-24. to Jacksonville and Cincinnati, this would have been a fun game a while back. I don't know how good it'll be now. Jacksonville, a big favorite in the NFL, minus eight and a half against the Bengals. I mean, I don't know what their head coach was doing. I mean, Zach Taylor, you're playing a backup quarterback and you only run the ball 11 times and throw it 30 times. Horrible game plan. Trevor Lawrence, um, if you get him to throw over the middle, I think that's his weakness here. So, uh, I, I think this is too high, just like last night's game, Dallas and Seattle. More than a touchdown with a quality defense and and a, and a team that still has some hope to get into a wild card at five and six. I think Jacksonville wins twenty to seventeen, but the Bengals cover. Hard to believe we're this late in the year. There's plenty of games still to get for folks who are interested, including your free play though. Tulane and SMU. Tulane favored by three and a half. There, Lee. How can folks get this game? All right, so. This is a game I really like one side a lot. You want to get it for free? Tulane and SMU be one of the first five callers. Call 800-400-9741. Again, the number 800-400-9741. Get it for free. And it's double down December. We've won 10 out of 14 weeks in college football. We've only had two losing Sundays in the NFL. Get every game starting tonight, and we have a big one tonight. All the championship game week games, all of the college bowls through December 31st. I think there's like 34, 35 of them and five weeks of the NFL. Last year it was 497, not 397. Lowest price ever, $297. Just one place, ParamountSports.com. Be good, brother. Enjoy the games. Talk to you soon. You too. See you, Jeff. Take care. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. It's got Louisville. I think a lot of people do. They're all going to be wrong. It's going to be fun to watch them be wrong. This is turning into that, like like you said last week, Tom, it's turning into the 2014 season for a different reason, where everybody is uh, one by one discounting Florida State, and one by one Florida State finds a way to uh, discount them. Somehow this turned into the last 15 minutes of Rocky Four. I mean, you know, this was a team that was supposed to be everything, offensively and explosive, and for moments of the season we have been. There's no doubt about that. Like, even when we struggled in certain situations, we were averaging four or five points more than last year. We were flirting with 40 points a game for, you know, for the entirety of the season. But the way the offense is limping home, and if Tate plays and Tate looks fine, it's still the truth. 
This offense is limping to the finish line. Receivers have been banged up, especially at the reserves. Offensive line, Jaheim Bell. I mean, my God, all the shuffling they've had to do. And they just keep on taking a beating. And they find a way to finish in the end. Like the Soviets. I think maybe, maybe just maybe, some of the national pundits tomorrow, or sorry, Sunday, we survive again. We do the right thing. They say, I, I love this team. They've just got a champion's chin. They take it on the chin every week with injury news and all these kinds of adversities, and they just respond, and they find and they they find a way. Well, I think that's the aspect that uh, the fan base gets mad about when when spoke when four states being described like it's one thing again i'll reiterate this time and again you're you're fine you're entitled to an opinion that you think there might be four better teams than florida state i might agree with you but what gets me mad is when they get it, it's a personal stake that they want them out in the way they talk about it like along the way it would be one thing for me to say you know i think if oregon and florida state played oregon would win the game i think oregon's the better team right now etc name your team i don't really care who you would argue for but, but I would always, and not because I'm a Noel, I would always, I would do this really for anybody who had done what Florida State's done, which is have an undefeated season and has the schedule that Florida State does and has overcome injuries. I would always point out that, uh, A, they're deserving to get in, and, B, you cannot discount a team that has shown this much heart. Like, you kind of have to admire a group that has been this banged up that just keeps on winning. At the end of the day, they play the game. The object is to win the game. Florida State may not always do so in a, a an aesthetically pleasing fashion, but they do. And by the way, last week, which was a mess for the favorites all over the country, even in victory in some cases, well, Florida State, I believe, of that group was the one that covered. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Was the one that covered on the road with a backup and down 12 to nothing. As I like to say in the postgame a few times, because we, uh, we celebrated for about three hours in that post-game show. What's your excuse, Washington? What's your excuse, Alabama? Hey, Georgia, I know you're kind of in control there in the second half, but this wasn't the 24-point blowout that many of you expected, and they co- you didn't cover. Georgia Tech did. What's your excuse? Because we had one built in, but we didn't need it. We didn't need that excuse. Didn't it was a cover it. for Florida State, and that's the thing about tomorrow. I know it hasn't been the trend for us. I know that we've had to lean on the passing game, and to a degree, even in some bad weather, we're going to need to complete some big passes and big situations. I just got a weird feeling, man. Like, Trey Benson, I think he's going to have a night. And I think that defensive line is going to have a night. They're going to have to in order for Florida State to win. But I just I wonder if they might have found a little bit of bully ball down the stretch against Florida. Because well, Florida wasn't giving up in that situation. There are times when you cave in, like uh, Duke. Fourth quarter against Duke. They're gassed, man. They're gassed. Florida has no excuse to be gassed in that situation when we're driving them backwards at the point of attack in the fourth quarter. They didn't. Their defense didn't play for a quarter. It, it was their, their third quarter of action. And yet, when Florida State had to assert itself in some key situations, the offensive line, much maligned as it is, was able to generate some surge. Maybe the confidence is up a little bit. Maybe a guy or two get healthy and we're able to do that tomorrow. Well, big factor there. Let's hope that the confidence is uh, is there, obviously, but it, the health is the biggest part of that. And if they get if they get blessed back or if they get Robert back, God forbid they get both, yes, I, I think you're right. Forrest State will be able to line up and run it. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. Check out WarChant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's WarChant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. 
one, two, what is this? The five foot assassin with the roughneck business. I float like gravity, never had a cavity. Got more rhymes than the one that's got family. No need to sweat our seniors to gain some type of fame. No shame in my game, because I always be the same. To your point and to Lee's point, uh, excuse me, not to your point, but to Lee's point before uh, we broke, we were talking about the games, and we're all talking about injuries at this time of the year for all these games, trying to get an edge, at least from a gambling standpoint. One quick note on this. He asked the question, is Michael Penix Jr. okay? And if you compare his first six games of 2023, my man had a 92-2 QBR rating, 72% completion percentage, 14.8 yards per completion, by the way, 9.3 touchdown uh, percentage rate, uh, and a 1.4% interception rate per pass. So his last six games, However, he goes from 92 to 71 in QBR, 59% completion percentage, which in college is terrible. He goes from 14.8 yards per completion to uh, two two yards less than that, 12.8 per completion and a 5.7 touchdown rate, which is down considerably from the 9.3. So he hasn't been the same guy at all. Lots of teams dealing with that sort of thing. The difference is uh, that, you know, Florida State didn't, didn't just have a guy – get through some, you know, tough times with injury, they lost the starting quarterback. So that's the, that's the biggest reason where you hear that uh, discussion point. Uh, but I think Tate, and we, again, weather, we'll see what's going on here. Um, I, I think Tate will be much more comfortable, let's put it that way, in this game than he was against Florida. Yeah, how could you not be? Uh, you know, that the adversity of that situation uh, that night, because it's more than just the swamp, and everybody wants to talk about how loud the swamp is, and that's true. And they pump in fake crowd noise, allegedly. I'm going to keep going on that. But you only run three plays in the first quarter. Like, it's just so hard. You can warm up on the sidelines, I guess. But think about the the usual amount of time between a pregame warm-up, the anthem goes, they kick the ball off, and then you get your first drive. And what Tate and your second drive and your third versus what Tate experienced, which is, I mean, it's like the mother of all half innings in baseball. Like you start out, all right. They scratch a run across in the first in the first inning, no big deal. You don't pitch in the second inning until sixty minutes later or something right. along those lines. It's just hard to be sharp in that moment. Plus, field position is operating against you. Their crowds engaged in the game because they've had the ball forever and they're winning. By the time you take the field the second time, there's just a whole lot that went wrong in that moment. And when it's all said and done, when everybody is counting you out at least the neutral observers. I myself said in social media, hey, man, it's now or never. You know, when they started at their own 10-yard line, you go 90 yards, you make two or three critical throws in that drive to get the touchdown to get to 12-7. to You engineer another drive to get to 14-7, to and then when the game is on the line after you take one hell of a targeting, could have ejected two guys for it, you come back for one play, have the wherewithal to check into the correct run to score the touchdown. Like, yeah, I think, if, you know, he sees the field tomorrow night. He's going to be a hell of a lot more confident than he was against Florida. Yeah, I hope so. And and I would think so, too. It's in there, certainly. And if they're, if they're getting healthier at all up front and he has some time, I believe he'll make those throws. Now, the whole thing is this. This is a fun game to watch, Mike, man, as a play caller. Um, we, we talked a lot, and I've talked a lot at length, in fact, about how much I enjoy watching Mike put together game plans and watch him in-game adjust and we talk, you know, I don't like to spend a lot of time on play calls per se. I look more big picture what they're trying to accomplish in, in you know, game in and game out. How many times, by the way, last year we talked about the game plan shifting from being a, a thing on a Saturday, a week later changing, uh, doing a 180, you know, to attack a certain weakness on a defense. I think he, he does that better than most. He's one of the, you hear the other coaches in the ACC talk about what a great play caller he is. 
Well, here you go, man. The pressure really mounts when you're in a situation like this where you have a backup quarterback, and God forbid he doesn't play, then you got a freshman quarterback. Either way, the onus is on Mike to get these kids comfortable quickly. You got to get them comfortable quickly. Now, last week he was a little bit hamstrung by execution, and uh, you have your star running back decide to take an 11-yard loss on a second-and-six run. Makes it pretty difficult. Then you don't see the ball for a while. Yeah, like you said, that makes it very difficult. Those are weird. Those are anomalies. Those things don't typically happen in a game. They can, but they don't usually happen back-to-back weeks. So I think we ought to see something more akin to the guy, the guy I describe on a regular basis as being one of the better play callers in the country. And, you know, we go back to all those years ago, a couple of years back, with his ability to script and get people in comfortable positions quickly. Let's see what that script looks like tomorrow night. Jeff Cameron Show, hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with. We're live in Charlotte. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. <laughs> 